Hello, everybody. Listen, this is the Fairweather Podcast. It's your boy 2K Suave. I'm here with Alex Arod Rodriguez. It's been a couple of weeks since we spoke to you guys, and we're back and better than ever. Um, I may or may not have died last week and came back to life, but we're we're here to tell the story. And uh what's up, Arod? <laughs> yeah, man. Happy, happy belated birthday. Glad uh glad you're alive and kicking. Um you can tell your own story. I just, I know I showed I'm up. I'm not with telling any story. Just, just know that you know, I, I don't like to celebrate my birthday and people try to force me to uh, celebrate my birthday. So, you know, I don't know. I can't, I'm trying to think of a, a witty quote to say right now, but long story short, I saw things I wish I didn't see uh, uh, that next morning. So uh, here we are. <laughs> here we are. K- KK was in bed when I pulled up, so... Yes, long story short, short, yes, I missed half the party. <laughs> <laughs> I missed oh, half the party. But yeah, it's been a few weeks since we talked uh, recover mode and playoff mode. Some people or KK's teams were in the hunt. So yeah, six- last last week the Sixers were on. On top of the fact that my body was in shambles, um, I, uh, I I felt like maybe that's how James Harden felt because his ass cannot play basketball last week. Clearly. Uh, Joel Embiid's face broke like six times. He had like a broken, so he had like a torn ligament in his hand. Uh, Danny Green tore his ACL. Look, sometimes it is not in the stars for your team to win an uh, NBA a, a championship. Period. That was every indication they threw. They said everybody's going to be trash. Someone's going, everyone's going to get hurt. We're going to make sure y'all don't make it to the NBA finals. So, you know, the experiment. Experiment kind of failed, I guess, but not really. But maybe I don't know. It's it's gonna be a long it's gonna be a long off season. <laughs> Mars is in retrograde, man. Everything's everything's falling it's, in shambles. Mercury Gatorade. Mercury Gatorade. That's Mercury what it Gatorade, is. So, all right. Yeah. So we got episode sixty six. Um, we're gonna really focus heavily on NBA today, uh, a lot, but we'll get some football talking there at the end. Um, obviously the playoffs. We'll discuss the game sevens and the end of the semifinals um what's next for the suns the bucks the grizzlies and the 76ers uh, we'll talk about luca just surging right now and basically being the new mayor of, of phoenix and uh what to expect in these eastern conference and western conference finals we got to see game one of the east uh game one will probably be tonight while we're recording so you'll get to see the highlights tomorrow so we'll just touch what we think will happen there um then you know players are coming on to the media shows now that they got a lot of free time on their hand a la pet bev and his espn tour that he's been making on every every show on espn so so we'll discuss pat bev and his take on a lot of things um also Kyrie on the uh i am athlete podcast uh decided to kind of clear the air about him and lebron and his maturity uh of how he would have handled things now so we'll we'll touch base on my favorite player Kyrie and where he is on all of this. Um, and then we'll get into the NFL scheduling. Schedules were released beginning of the week. Um, so we'll talk about early predictions and how we fare our teams and other teams to fare out throughout the season. And then I'll, uh, the Tom Brady roast that is supposedly supposed to happen, uh, KK thought it would be a fun idea to list some athletes that 
we would enjoy to watch entertainers, comedians, celebrities just roast them. So we'll give a few players that we think would also be a fun roasting segment of because I got a I got a good couple for for that one as can well. Can we just can I just say something right now while we're on the Tom Brady topic? This dude has time to make a movie. He's in the streets working out. He's doing TikTok. He's uh he's got a, a $37 million a year deal with, with Fox to do a commentary. He's, he's got a clothing brand. He's on he was on the shot with LeBron LeBron's Pac. Yo, Tom Brady, I don't know who this man is, bro. Like he retired, came back. I don't know what Jashelle said to him. I don't know what Bill Belichick did to him in New England to make him lame before. But this Tom Brady, if he finds a way to win a Super Bowl this distracted, I'm gonna be like, damn, that, that's that's crazy. Because I've never seen Tom Brady be so outside. Like he is outside right now. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy to see him outside. He's definitely having a lot of fun. And I'll be honest, I I still hate the guy, but I enjoy seeing this this version of Tom Brady is is very enjoyable and it's good for it's good for sports for people to see athletes just out of their skin. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to front that TikTok He did about the, what was it? The tuck rule. The tuck rule. I, I was dying, man. I was dying. Even though he admitted Charles Woodson and he made that video. I was like, all right, Tom's, Tom's got a sense of humor. I can, I can, I can be on the same wavelength as Tom now. Maybe it's going to take a while for you. You, you, you a hater. So Ooh, I'm not a hate. I'm not a Pat Bev. Hey, I'm not a like Pat Bev, but I'm a hater when it comes to Tom Brady. It's, it's <laughs> different there. All right, let's talk NBA playoffs. So we got to watch some good game seven sixes um, out of no, no, not no good game sevens, good game sixes. <laughs> we got to see some good game sevens though. The sixes, whatever. Um, but four teams are advancing in the Celtics, the heat, the Warriors and the, not the Suns, the Mavericks. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough for you. I get it as a Sixers fan. You know, you said it earlier coming on here. It seems like the James Harden um, experiment failed. So let's talk about the game sixes with the Warriors and the Grizzlies. And we'll, and we'll talk about the 76ers and the um, uh, heat. So well, ours, ours was game six. Uh, the Warriors was a game six. six. Yeah. And, and then the, the other ones were game sevens. Seven. Phoenix yeah. and uh, Boston. Let's let's start with your team first so we can kind of get that one off your chest. Um, you, I don't know what to say. Uh, well, we, I mean, what, let me let me ask. No, 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 I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. So back in February or March and then leading up until uh, the, play, the postseason, I'll go back and look at the footage. I said we're a second round exit. I said it <laughs> repeatedly every week. Yeah, you know, I love it, blah, blah, blah. Bye-bye, Ben Simmons, da 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 But we're a second-round exit. I knew for a fact we we're going to have to either play Miami or Milwaukee um, or Boston, for that matter, in, uh, in the second round. And I knew we we're not better than either one of those three, even when that trade happened. So it was, it, it was fun while it lasted. We have a lot of decisions to make. Uh, obviously, we dealt with a lot of injuries. Um we couldn't, we, they're, Miami, you know, we obviously saw them last night <clears throat> against Boston. They're a fantastic defensive team. They rotate really well. They're very deep. Um, Eric Spolstra, you know, time and time again, we talk about how he doesn't get the praise. Well, he's, he yeah. showed, uh, he, keep in mind, he just made it to another NBA finals two years ago uh, in the bubble. It's not like he can't get to the finals. It's not like he can't. His team, he knows how to coach. He's coaches his ass off. And it's funny because that fight, that little fight that almost happened with Udonis Haslam, Jimmy Butler, and uh and Spole, okay. 
a couple of weeks ago, we, we thought, oh my God, what's going on? And then I, I remember I read somewhere where D Wade texted Eric Spolch, like, all right, it looks like you guys are getting ready for the playoffs, huh? And clearly they they got they know how to handle their business down in Miami. Philadelphia, you know, Doc Rivers has a track record of underperforming in, in big moments. Uh that uh, outside of that Boston series. I mean, you gotta keep in mind that Boston that when they won that first championship against the Lakers, you know, I just think the Boston Boston was just a way better team than that specific Laker team at that point. And then they, when they ran it back. I mean, they were up three games to two against against Kobe and the Lakers, and the Lakers came back and won that series. So, and he's lost three one leads, he's lost two zero leads, and I I don't want to blame him hundred percent for this one, but the reason why Embiid got hurt, or the reason why Embiid was out game one and two, was because he got hit in the face while we were up twenty five points in the fourth quarter with three minutes to go. There was no reason for him to be on the court in the first place at that point. So. I got to put a lot of that blame on him. Um, and I know we, we want to blame James Harden for all this stuff, but James Harden has been, has been this player for the last two years. Like, last, you got to keep – last year, there were first-round exit with him and uh, – and, uh, no, second round with him and Kevin Durant. Uh, he, was, he was a shell of himself. And uh, it's continued on. He had one little splash game, but he's not the same. And uh, the only other thing I can say about this series is uh, Tyrese Maxey. That's all I gotta say. That's that's the yeah. guy. He's you can see you can see the hunger in his eyes. You, gotta, you can definitely see that. Um, what I'll take away from it is you said exactly what you had to say about Doc. I feel the same way. Um, I don't think all the blame is on him, hence why he's coming back. I think he had a a roster that was kind of retooled, not at the right time for players to get together and and Joe what good good with each other. I also think that the whole Ben Simmons black cloud was just negative attention that they didn't need. And now that that's gone, hopefully something can happen. Um, I, I, I think James Harden, uh, it, it's tough to like point a finger at him, but I mean, you really have to, but it's also him realizing that he's not the focal point anymore and him having to accept that. And does he want to accept that? And is he going to stay in, in Philadelphia? Like, is that going to be, where James is going to stay. Well, from and, what I've read, he knows he's not the focal point anymore. That's why he's been very passive to Maxi and very passive to like he makes sure Embiid gets the ball. He he wants to play the role of point guard and let you know Tyrese Maxi be off the ball, you know, and be able to distribute. Because I mean, for what it's worth, his points are down, but he's still dishing out ten plus assists. Yeah. So he, I think he just wants to stick to being a pure just point guard because he can't get past the defender anymore. The step back doesn't work anymore. The rules, they don't call all those ticky-tack fouls that they used to call on him anymore. So somebody who was so good at manipulating the rules, he was like probably one of the best ever we've ever seen manipulate the rules. They re-manipulated the rules so that he could not manipulate the rules anymore. So, you know, I think he's had to play off the ball and um, know that he's going to be number three now. Yeah, and I and I think the thing about James, though, I, like I, I, you may hear that, but I don't think as a as a competitor that's what you accept either. Because when you go to a team like Brooklyn, and you don't know who the third option there is, like they may say it's James, but does James really think that? And then you see this in Philadelphia, like stomach it, stomach in that second round loss, and then maybe he may agree to that, but then you may also get 
a rehabilitated James Harden next season. You know, I'm not holding my breath to that. I think I think the guy's lost a pep in his step, obviously. Father's not caught up with him. Father, he, father father, he, he can't stay in shape, but yeah. that's on him as well. That's on him and his yeah. poor workout. But that's how he's always been. So it's like he but the, to his credit though, it's not like he's always hurt. So for a no. guy who doesn't always doesn't always come to camp in shape. Until like the last couple of years, he never really got hurt. He plays 70 plus games a year. So he's someone right. that was dependable. It's just, you know, hanging out with a little baby too much in uh in Paris, that gut yeah. got big. <laughs> yeah, I think I think another thing that your team has to address is is putting together a solid bench because I don't think you have the depth to to not at all <laughs> to go deep. And you heard you heard the, the bromance at the end of, of game six. Of Jimmy Butler loving. Don't, get, don't even say it, bro. Because trust I know, me, I know this has been hurting my soul for three. I knew this was going to come back and haunt us every, but, as soon as we let that shit happen. But what I'm what I'm getting at, and I won't even bring it up. I mean, if you watch the games, you saw it. But you're going to have to figure out what you're going to do with that guy because he's obviously being paid a lot and he's not performing. Bradley Beal. Yeah, I mean, I mean, whatever, whatever it takes. But that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to get Bradley Beal, and that's still. Hey, got to be a hot button issue over the summer is trying to get Bradley Bill over in Philly. So Absolutely. To their contracts are comparable him and Tobias. They're probably going to want Tyrese Maxey, which is what I don't want to give up. That's the problem. I yeah. know for a fact, y'all want do it, but y'all want Bradley Bill. All right, cool. Give, give, give us Tyrese Maxey. I mean, that's a, I'm not trying to do all that. So no, I that's, that's kind of where we're at right now, where I'm kind of concerned. Yeah, so it's going to be retooling that team, and there's going to be a lot of retooling, and and obviously James is going to have to opt in and want to be there, and you're going to have to build around James, Maxi, and and Beat is what it's going to have to be, and keep some like I really like Shake Milton. I think Milton's a, a good player to come off your bench, and obviously Thibel, and then you, everybody else is whatever. Matisse Thibel, I've he's become more like a. God, what's that guy's name who played for OKC? That was like their best defender, but couldn't shoot, couldn't Ro- make free throws. Roberson. Roberson. He, that's all he's become. We want him to be uh, Robert Covington, but he's more like Roberson. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I would have given up him instead to, to uh, Brooklyn and hope that we could have kept Seth Curry. So I would have yeah. been happier with that. I mean, we would lose a defender, but we they, he got left he got left open so much. Clank, brick, clank, brick. So I'm like, eh, I don't know, bro. I don't know about him right now. But there's a lot of work that needs to be done in Philly. Um, and this, all that matters is that we got to do whatever it takes to keep him being happy so he doesn't get to a point in which he wants to leave. That's all that matters. No matter what it takes, just make sure he has input on the players that he that we that we get. Just make sure that he's just make sure that he's happy. And losing losing Jimmy Butler. Was strike one, maybe strike one, right? Uh, I don't know if there's been a strike two yet, but I think uh, them getting rid of Jimmy Butler because you can tell they they had a good relationship. They still they're still friends to this day. I think not 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 keeping Jimmy Butler and keeping Tobias Harris over him was definitely strike one. They they got they did well by by trading Ben Simmons to kind of keep keep him happy, but you got to yeah. find a way to just make sure he stays happy. Or, yeah, go get LeBron. <laughs> All right, let's shift it. Let's shift it to another game six series. Uh, Grizzlies and and Warriors. Uh, obviously, Jaw going out is detrimental to their success. Even though it was shown throughout the regular season they could win without him, 
But playoff she did well without him in this series too. They blew him out by fifty. <laughs> but it also it also shows that playoff knowledge is definitely what's going to get you further. So, um, I mean, I think the Grizzlies are a team to watch come going into next season. I think they're they're marketable as a place to want to go and play. Uh, you and I said it all year. They're just missing that veteran presence. Their veteran that they got is Steven Adams, and he's not even 30 yet. He's 28 yeah. or something like that. <laughs> yeah. My fucking look 40, but he's only 28. But that, um, but that was definitely the problem. Yeah. And you could see it. There's there's a lot of hungry kids in there, but, I mean, at the end of the day, kids are going to kid, you know? So Steph Curry's a two-time MVP, three-time uh, NBA champion for a reason, sure. along with all the other guys on this team. So – um, I don't know. All I took away from that series really was, yeah, the Warriors lost by 51 game, but they won the series. So, like, will you ever remember that? Or are you going to remember if they win the win it all this year that they are, are well, like, not going to? I don't. They're not winning it all this year. I'm, 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 I'm calling that right now. But let me get. Let me let me break down. I'm gonna break it down for you. Um, if you look at the games, so game one. Came down to a, a game, a missed game winning shot by John Morant with a little bit of luck for uh, Golden State uh, down the stretch. Game two, uh, they were able to close. Game three uh, came down to the last couple minutes. Game four, last couple minutes. Like, even, and this is without John, right? A lot of those games without, without John. To me, I think Golden State played play down to the competition or Memphis played up to the competition. I can't really tell who did what, but for what it's worth, if Memphis had a little bit more veterans, just one more veteran, or John Morant could have been healthy, they would have won this series, in my opinion. Because game six was close, was really was close until it wasn't close anymore. Game five was the blowout. Game four came down to the wire, but then they got they called this ticky-tack foul on Dylan Brooks uh, or Desmond Bain pushing Steph Curry in the basket for a loose ball foul uh, with like a, 20 seconds to go. To, to, this was the team that Memphis is, is there. They're like Phoenix right now. They didn't go get a Chris. Well, we're about to talk about Chris Paul, but they need to get a Chris Paul kind of player. Somebody who's just going to whip them to shape and just, you know, let them mature. Cause it's hard to do this shit as kids. Like Steph is 30 plus Draymond 30 plus Clay 30. They, they've been here, done that. They've, they've been to uh how many, they've been to five NBA. They've been to five NBA uh, finals. That's crazy. Like we can go back and look at this at this era of basketball, LeBron in the whole in the 2010s went to what eight straight, and then within that, the Golden State Warriors were in five, six, uh, five different NBA finals within that within that time period. It's crazy. So, um, yeah, veterans. They just Memphis just needs some 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 grown ups on that team. Somebody over the age of thirty on that team. <laughs> I agree. All right, let's go. Let's go to seven game series. Let's start with the East first. Uh, Boston and um, Milwaukee was definitely a, a good game. It was neck and neck until the fourth quarter. And, you know, shout out to Townie Sports, man. Like, if if anybody was on, you know, life alert all week, it was definitely Vic. Uh, Vic is definitely one person you don't want to text when the Celtics lose. And I was talking to them all all week, like, how are you guys feeling about this series? And And the one thing that came up was just, Giannis is going to get his calls and you definitely saw it all the time like that uh that offensive foul they had that I guess I think it was Williams they called it on on uh on uh um Giannis I was like I bet you they called this back sure enough got brought got brought back on on Giannis so it's 
it's crazy to see like how we were just talking about James Harden, how he could carve out a type of way to get fouled and capitalize off of it. But then you've got people officiating the NBA and you see guys like Giannis who just bulldoze into the, into the paint and can draw any type of foul, even if a guy is planted or even if something is in the way that would initiate a foul call. But because it's good for media, it's good for his stats, it's good because that's what you want to see, it's good to put them back in the game. We're going to let that slide. I don't know he, about that. I don't know about as somebody who used, as somebody I, I who used as somebody who used to be a referee and somebody who used to watch Shaquille O'Neal very closely. My, my apologies. My apologies. You, as somebody who used to watch Shaquille O'Neal very closely, when you have somebody who's bigger and stronger than everybody on the court, it's hard. It's hard to know if it's an offensive foul or not. It's just hard because you don't know that. So it's not his fault that he's bigger and stronger than everybody. It's not his fault. And same thing with LeBron has gone through that. Like LeBron gets hacked a lot more and he doesn't get the calls anymore, but it's, it's because he doesn't, he doesn't, he makes it look easy because he's so big and strong. Giannis is just bigger and stronger than everybody. Shaq was just bigger and stronger than everybody. So at the end of the day, it's just hard to officiate those kind of players because like James Harden is, is crafty. He's skinned like, well, skating for, he's not a big guy. You know what I mean? So it's easier to, to see hear contact, see contact, see his body contort. If somebody touches him, Giannis is going to bulldoze everybody. Cause he's, he's, he's built like that. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm torn on it. I feel like there was a lot of plays that I, I looked that were just like kind of reckless on his behalf. And they were just like, Oh, you know, nothing. No, we don't see anything there. But if, if, Robert Williams went through. They'd have called that shit all day, no problem. The Robert Williams is not big. <laughs> hey, he's the center. He's a six-eight center, man. So all I'm saying is, is I'm I watch. I mean, I'm, I don't have the don't have the accolades that you have, Mister <laughs> the referee. I wish I could say that, but hey, I watch I watch some games and there's some questionable calls. Also, Stan Van Gundy doesn't help because he's very against the Celtics the entire time and it's yeah, super Stan Gundy should not be calling games. They need yeah, it's, it's give, the worst. Go get, tell, give Tom Brady that job. Stan yeah. Gundy is not a good not a He's good uh, color announcer. <laughs> but I mean you got to see a hungry Celtics team and you got to see a hungry Celtics team capitalize and are you shocked at all? I'm not. I'm I also think that the reason the Bucks are out is because of no Middleton as well. I think not having second fiddle there. Exactly. Um, the the crazy thing about the Bucks is Giannis showed up every game. Drew Holiday showed up every game. And imagine if you had Chris Middleton there to do it. And, and I feel like everybody else was showing out to the games too. Like Bobby Portis was crashing the boards. Brooke Lopez was cleaning up, taking the necessary threes he had to take. I couldn't, I couldn't point a finger at anybody. I mean, there were some sloppy turnovers, but hustle was there. You even saw it at the end. They were playing like body-to-body defense trying to get back in the game. But yeah, it's 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 just unfortunate to see all of that, you know, because you want to see a repeat. You want to see Giannis go deep into this. Yeah. And, I mean, I wanted to see that too, but you, but I think it's also we, refreshing. I think we, we, we're going to start, we're going to start looking back at, you know, looking back at the history and stuff like that. And we start taking superstar players for granted. you like in the nineties, Michael Jordan made it to six NBA finals in the nineties. Right. Took two years off. Hakeem was there and then Duncan got one. Right. In the 2000s, early 2000s, or Laker, 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 or San Antonio, and that was it. And uh, and then this in this decade, it's LeBron made it to eight straight finals. Like no matter what, it was a foregone conclusion. LeBron's gonna be in the finals. And in the West, it was going to be San Antonio or it was going to be Golden State uh, for for the latter part. So 
it's like now we're getting to, we're getting back to a point in basketball where it's anybody anybody can make it every year. We're gonna see Miami. We're gonna see Boston. We're gonna see Milwaukee again. We're gonna see Philly in four years. Like, is there's no consistency anymore because until well, we're about to see if there's gonna be that one dominant player that just takes over. And just to talk about this series, that series, uh, what I learned is that Jason Tatum, he's he what we what we've been learning. And Jason Tatum is that guy. And to kind of combine the two game sevens, you know, we talked about uh, when we did our 25 and under a couple of weeks ago, all of us had the same three, uh, just in kind of a different orders. It was Tatum, it was Booker, and it was Luca. Um, me and you both had Luca number one. So you look at the look at that th- these those three players, Luca's clearly, clearly, you saw, I mean, we're about to talk about Phoenix. You saw what he did to Phoenix. I mean, Luca's disrespectful now. Like Luca's a Luca is 23 years old and he's disrespectful already. Like it's it's too easy. Patrick Beverly, Mr. Get Under Your Skin, even admitted to it. They don't want to see nobody wants to see Luca. <laughs> Everyone is scared to play against him. This little Slovenian kid. And you, know, and you know what's funny about the whole thing is we were knocking that the that they were too small. They were too small. That yeah. team was small. They and don't Luka, give a damn. <laughs> Luca, hey, and yo. This is 07. This is 07 LeBron, where it just doesn't make sense how he's getting this far. And um, and then second on my list is Jason. I think I, I don't know if I have Jason Tatum or Devin Booker two or three, but have, Jason Tatum is clearly that guy. And Devin Booker, he came up like many me. He came up like many me in the biggest stage of his of it all on his home court defending Western Conference champions. He came up like many me, and Jason Tatum would not allow that to happen. Obviously, we know Luca would not allow that to happen. So, uh, from that Boston Milwaukee series, my respect for Jason Tatum has grown even more. Even last night against Miami, he played well, but Miami's just good. <laughs> Miami's yeah. just really good. So, yeah. my respect level for Jason Tatum is really high right now. Um, we're about to see what the next ten years looks like for the East, but <clears throat> Tatum, Tatum is here. Yeah, and just to piggy, piggyback off that game seven on the West Coast, like Luka Doncic is very dominant player, and you have to give that man his flowers, like very humble and very assassinating type player, man, that can kill your character immediately. Like, it, 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 I couldn't believe it watching it. Like, I just, something my gut was telling me the whole time, I was like, Dallas is going to win this. I feel like Dallas is going to win this or blow the doors off the damn uh, of a Phoenix. In I didn't Phoenix. blow the doors Nobody off. Nobody saw that coming. <laughs> They they blow like I'm I know Luca plays kind of cocky, but I never saw that level of cocky of Luca in my lifetime. This playing. is a Luca that I'm that you gotta be scared of, bro. Cause he's and good. I, that's you know, that's a you, scary Luca. <laughs> you have to be like when he dropped Cam uh Cam Johnson and just Ooh, like at the top of the key. Oh, that was beautiful. Like, who is this man? And then walking out the tunnel saying talking all that, like yeah, you, like yo, Luca, now yeah, that's some scary shit. <laughs> But who do you? I mean, let's let's transition now into into Chris Paul, I guess, because the media is like giving him a whole lot of shit for for his game seven performance. Like, do you give him all of the blame on this, or no. I feel like it's a team effort? At you the can. end of the day, at the end of the day, DeAndre the Ayton disappeared they, and they got the benched. The big three shit the bed. Uh, Devin Booker was ass. Mikel Bridges, your favorite player, can't guard nobody no more, can't shoot. Um, and then you started to really see, remember when Anthony Davis 
was talking shit earlier this year. Like, if I didn't get hurt last year, we would have definitely won that series, right? I They were up 2-1. They would have definitely won the series had Anthony Davis not got hurt. And I feel like last year's run to the finals, and we and I, I kind of alluded to it last year. I'm like, it feels kind of fluky. <laughs> it feels kind of fluky that they made it to the finals because they just caught they, – they kept catching breaks. And uh, who did they play round one? Phoenix. Last year or this year? Oh, no, this year. They played New Orleans round one, oh, right? Nice. And New Orleans pushed them to the brink. New Orleans, the a 10th seed pushed them to the brink of elimination. And God forbid if Zion would have, Zion was healthy, he would have played, they would have beat Phoenix in round one. And then Lucas saw that, nobody's scared of Phoenix. And Patrick Beverly alluded to it, nobody's scared of Phoenix. And at the end of the day, as much as we love Chris Paul and whatever, he is 37 years old. You're asking a lot of a guy who has chronic hamstring injuries and this injury and quad injuries. And he always gets hurt at this time of year especially now at his age of 37. I know he had a couple of magnificent uh, magnificent games in the postseason. He's still 37 years old. At the end of the day, your young guns, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, will be the one that they takes you home. And they, they didn't show up. And they picked a bad day to have a bad day. Plain and simple. But I'm not going to give Chris Paul all that blame. I mean, what the hell do you want him to do? <laughs> like, damn, that's a lot to ask for a guy who's six foot tall, with 37 years old with a bad, quote-unquote, bad quad this time. I don't know. Devin Booker should have because we t- we talk about Luca and Jason Tatum. Devin Booker needed to step up, play the simple. Yeah, and even at that, you've got you got a team of mini me's out there, and DeAndre Ayton should be like balling over these dudes, man. That was that was a, that was the embarrassing part. He that was very yeah. so so like if you're going because obviously he's a free agent. If you're going to go get that max money, you really hurt yourself right now, in my opinion. He's like, still gonna get the max. It's not look. I think let me let me explain. I think he just checked out. I think mentally he was just like, I don't, I don't know if he wants, I don't know how much he wants to be there. We're going to see, obviously, uh, we're obviously, you know, we're the finals are not even over yet. So we don't know what's going on in free agency, but I don't I think mentally he checked out and uh, you know, he's a young guy and you really, and we're so, we're so in today's NBA, we're so hard on people who are young back in the day. You didn't get your flowers until you were 27, 28, 29 years old. Now, by 22, if you're not this, that, or the third, you're a bust, you're a bum. That in a 24-hour news cycle, Twitter's going to blow you up. He's no slouch. I know what I'm saying, but, like, that's the problem. And it's that he's still a kid. (laughs) At the end of the day, he's still a kid. And he's going to, you know, he he flamed out, and it happens. But he's still got 10 more years of his career to prove himself. So I'm not going to, you know, they've made it to an NBA Finals. I don't know if the window is completely closed, but Golden State is going to be good again next year. Luka's obviously going to be back again next year. Portland, who you're Damian, you got Damian Lillard behind you. Portland's going to do something. I don't know what they're going to do, but they're going to do something. The Pelicans yeah. obviously got better. Like So the West is going to get harder next year. So the window yeah. might be closed. Chris Paul's getting old. DeAndre Ayton might leave. So I think this might have been their last chance for a while for them to uh, – really make some noise yeah my 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 perception of deandre ayton is exactly what you said is we put a lot of pressure on young stars and it's it's a dime a dozen like guys like luca that have been doing this since they were 15 playing for probably one of the largest um uh uh, overseas organizations in in real and just budding as a young star there putting up with that winning championships at that championships (laughs) at that yeah so that's that's rare to see. You, you're not going to get that out of a lot of guys, but 
DeAndre Ayton coming right out of Arizona, being the first overall pick to be eclipsed by Devin Booker, and then you get Chris Paul. Like, I mean, I, I get that. And, you know, I'm like I said, I put the blame on the big three in Phoenix is what the blame goes on to me. I, you can't put it on Chris Paul at the end of the day. Yes, he doesn't win those big games that he should, but there's also some unfortunate things happen, like injuries that always play into these things. And at what point do we just say, like, like you said, he's a 37-year-old man. Like, this is tough enough for him. Should he have shot more? Yes. But at this point in his career, he's more of a facilitator than he is a scorer. Will we see him put up some 20-point games? Yeah. But he'll probably lose those games by five points because the other teams didn't show up or the other players didn't show up either. So, and it doesn't help that not one single, like, like, like Greg Williams, for example, for Boston. Greg Williams was on the other night. And Greg Williams usually... Was it 27 points or something like that? Yeah, it was damn near 30. And you, Greg Williams ain't going to ever shoot like that. Grant, 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 Grant Williams, Grant Williams. Grant Williams, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's crazy to see something like that happen, but you didn't get that out of the Phoenix game. Like we were saying, campaign should show up. Campaign didn't show up at all. Campaign, I thought he, I thought, no, hey, LeBron told him to be humble. Uh, to be humble. And guess what? They have a job. Guess what? Exactly. And you know who I can't stand? And I don't feel bad for this guy. I don't like Jay Crowder, so I don't feel bad for him at all. Like <laughs> I don't need him. Like, I think I, anywhere I he goes, he, he's a curse. So he lost to Miami when they played against LeBron. Uh, he lost when he was well, I'm trying to think of everyone else has been. Obviously with Phoenix, so I think this is his fault. He's just a curse. <laughs> he's like a fake goon to me when I see him. Like, like he wants to be tough, but he's just like super soft every time I, I see him. I would say he's soft. He's just... He's not, he's not like he's the Morris brother. He's he's, not oh, yeah, Morris I was about to, he's not the Morris twins. This is saying that he wants to be the, he's not the Morris twins. Yeah, he's not the no, Morris twins. Those no, are guys. Real, real quick, real quick. So I'm looking at I'm looking at Luka Doncic. I'm just looking at his um <laughs> his accolades, right? He's 23 years old, right? 23. I, mean, I cannot believe that. He was born in 1999. I mean, he's literally almost born in this century. He has three-time NBA All-Star. All NBA first team twice, rookie of the year, rookie of the year, Euroleague champion, Euroleague I MVP. I looked at this before the show. Oh, uh, he's on an all decade team, Euroleague already. He's on the all decade team in, in, in Europe. He has, I mean, God, he has his accolades are crazy. And you know what's even crazier? Atlanta traded him to Dallas. <laughs> he was, and he was a third overall pick over DeAndre Ayton, Marvin Bagley. What, what, where's the where the hell is Marvin Bagley right now? Indiana or something like that. Detroit. And DeAndre Ayton got got benched in Game Seven. He played 17 minutes. And, he, and Trey Young got destroyed by Miami in Round One this year. And here go Luca, little old Luca. And they they want to call it an even trade. I, it's only even because Trey Young fits Atlanta. That's all. Yeah. That's the only even part about it. And but, and. Luca was willing to take on the mantle that Dirk Nowitzki passed down to him. That was but, that 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 part is what made sense. But outside of that, we're gonna look back in twenty years, and then we're gonna be telling like I'm gonna be telling my kids they're, they're gonna say, Dad, why why was Luca Doncic the number three overall pick? That's crazy, right? You know how like we talk about Michael Jordan was the number three overall pick. I'm like, I don't know, son. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so so my my rebuttal to that is, <clears throat> I mean. It, yeah, we can play that narrative, but I feel like throughout the seasons, like as we do these shows or we talk about sports and things like that, we forget about how good some players are. 
Like we forget about how good Luca is when he gets that first round exit out the playoffs, and we don't talk about it anymore. Now that he's succeeding, Bruh, we talk about even with those first round exits, he was giving he was giving him forty. <laughs> he was, but we we don't talk about that. We just like it, it disappeared. I, I, look, look, look. I, but, I, but let me finish, I let me, as a Luca fan will talk about it. I'm a Luca fan too. <laughs> I'm a Luca fan too, but I'm telling you, media will focus on everything else. Where did the where did the Hawks go last year? How far did they get? They made, I mean, but that's because Ben Simmons didn't want to dunk a ball. And <laughs> regardless, we can say that, but they still got there. Mop top beat my team. Mop top beat your team. Luca's in the same spot. No, nah, but Luca could Luke, very Luke, well go Luke, to the finals. Luca is like that, though. That's different. I mean, but I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that, but I'm saying as of right now in the narrative, they're in the same spots. Now let's see what Luca can. I, I think the sky is the limit for the man. He's probably one of my favorite players in the NBA to watch, and just watching him cook the Suns have a solar eclipse on the suns was the greatest thing for me because i mean i'm we're gonna get into the pat bev thing and just like like i've never been scared of the suns i never thought this i always thought the suns were just coached you know, very well coach very well yes that's all it is I, they're hella coached well <laughs> i feel like they don't use eight and enough and i feel like devin booker is a great athlete and he's in he's, he's one of those guys that are you know going up the ladder for me but i, I just feel like there's no it factor for me to take over games. Yeah, he scored 71 in a game or whatever, but that was when beautiful it's, watch, by the way. It was. I blame Kendall Jenner. That's why he can't. That's why he, he oh, doesn't have Kardashian curse is real. He got we cursed. <laughs> we know that, but like when when the when the rubber means to meet the road, like you always say, I, I never get it out of him. Yeah. And and they talk, they talk a lot of shit. And if you can't back up the shit, amen. Don't do it. Don't hey, do preach, it. Don't go preach, through your preach. workouts. With your shirts off and say, put in the hard work. That's what happened. And yo, real talk. I honestly believe that the reason why Phoenix Suns are not in the finals again is because they talk way too much shit and they don't focus on the game. Like Devin Booker's talking about that's a Lucas special. And they talk like they talk, you know, they talk so much shit. Campaign always talking. Jay Crowder's always talking. They talk, Chris Paul for that matter is always talking. And I feel like they talk way too much shit for a team of guys who've never accomplished anything. <laughs> None of them have accomplished a damn. I mean, Chris Paul obviously has, you know, he's a Hall of Famer. I'm talking about winning a title. They, none of them have won a title. You can't talk about that shit if you never won a title, in my opinion, because you're going to get humble. And Luca has won titles, has won an MVP. Like Luca is, Luca has been playing professional basketball since he was going through puberty. <laughs> I mean, damn. <laughs> so to me, and then, I always go back and look at Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul got cursed because he kicked that dude in the, in, the, in the nuts when he was at Wake Forest. And ever since then, there's been something that happens to him every single year. Every year, something happens to him. And I'm like, it's because of that kick. And people have been calling him a dirty player forever. But like Pat Bev was saying, they're like, why doesn't, you know, why doesn't Chris Paul get all the hate and vitriol? Because, well, he's the president of the, of the uh, Players Union. He has the State Farm commercials. He doesn't seem like an intimidating guy. So it's he's like guy. he's clean. He's a clean guy. He's clean. He hangs out with LeBron. You know, LeBron go protect. Whoever hangs out with LeBron, LeBron go protect you. For as much as he can, he go protect you. So that he has that going for him. I mean, it's tough. All right. So let's let's preview the the two fine or the two eastern or the eastern conference and the western conference final. Um, which one excites you more? Which one excites me more? I want to see Luca take I mean, yeah, I want to see Luca take this team to the NBA finals. I want to see some 07 LeBron shit where we look back at this team 10 years from now 
and we're going to talk about, I mean, Spencer Dewitt is a good player. Jalen Brunson is a good player. Budding, but, budding, budding. But come on, that's it. <laughs> I mean, what's his name? Uh, Finney Smith. Dog. Uh, Dog. Tim, Tim Hardaway Jr. is not even playing. They got rid of Christos Porzingis and, and brought in Bertons. Like, they got Kleber. Like, we're going to be 10 years from now. I'm like, yo, who are those guys that won again? And we look back at the Mavericks team that won back in 2011, and it has a very similar makeup. They got the unguardable player. Dirk Nowitzki during that finals run was unguardable. No, nobody could guard him. They beat the late, they swept the Lakers. They beat Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. They beat Brandon Roy in Portland. They beat Miami Heat. Un, he was unguardable. But then they had the Jason Terry. And to me, the Jason Terry of this series is, is probably going to be like a Spencer Dinwiddie, right? You look at the other team. They had a. Uh, Tyson Chandler, like I don't know, they just had a bunch of guys, but it wasn't have a like, Tyson Chandler. They don't have a Tyson Chandler. It, but. it wasn't that, but it was just a bunch of guys. It wasn't anybody it was that a, like blew your socks off. What? No, but I feel like that Dallas team had just has a lot of veterans that were hungry, like Sean the Jason Marion, Kidd, Jason Kidd. Yeah, no, Sean that was a veteran Marion. team. Yeah, they had a good core of veterans. And this is a young like, team, actually. So no, this is just yeah. If if he takes his team to the finals, I'm already putting it in my top twenty-five all time already, already. <laughs> I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm excited. I'm more excited for Boston and and Miami. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I want Luca to do good, and for some reason, I'm liking the Warriors. Yeah, again. you're I'm a Warriors a, fan now. You, you I'm not a Warriors fan. No, 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 no. You said it two weeks ago. You're a Warriors fan. I'm. I'm rooting for them because I. I honestly didn't think Luca could get over that hump, but now that Luca's there, like I'm fine if he takes the Warriors. Oh yeah, it was gonna be Golden State versus Phoenix. You would have definitely went for Golden State. <laughs> uh, I, 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 there's just something about them I can't stand in in, in Phoenix, and I, I think it's just the shit talking. But it, it's hard for me because I like Michael Bridges, Michael Bridges, and I like Chris Paul. And you, everybody wants Chris Paul to win one. You know that you you got to root for the guy. You know what? You saw what I tweeted the other day. I, I think Jimmy Butler deserves a championship way Jimmy, more than Chris Paul. Jimmy Butler I think Jimmy does. Butler has never cheated the game of basketball. Has he it. just he keeps, it, keeps it a buck every he time. Get, he gives it that. right. That final series that they played against LeBron, where he that I remember it was game three or game four, where he just went bonkers. I'm like, yo, Jimmy Butler, regular season, he's kind of just you know regular guy, right? When the postseason is on, that dude goes like up to another level, and. You know, we always talk about the best two-way player, best two-way player. You know, we got Kawhi Leonard. We talk Paul George. And it's always been, like, Jimmy Butler's third. I'm like, no, Jimmy Butler has done way more than Paul George. And then, uh, and then obviously, Kawhi did his thing. But Kawhi never plays. <laughs> Kawhi we, never plays. Would we be singing Jimmy Butler praises right now if it wasn't for how deep he's gotten in the playoffs? But he gets his team deep every year. He does. That's the he thing. But well. We him, but we don't sing his praises enough. And now you're seeing players like Joel and B come out and publicly say, I don't know why we kept him. I wish I was with him. Well, we said he said that a couple years ago too. He did, but I I I like I've been saying like Jimmy Butler is so unappreciated in the NBA. Like Jimmy Butler is he's got to be top 10 for me because he gets shit done. He gets you there. And when he needs to take over, like he did yesterday. Bro, unguardable. I, I was like, I was like, what? Kevin Durant couldn't do all of this. <laughs> what, what did they do? Well, Al Horford and Marcus Smart didn't play. So to the credit of the Boston Celtics, you know, with Tony Sports and all you Boston fans, to their credit, Al Horford is going to be out again, expected to be out again uh, game two. And obviously you don't want to fall down 2-0 to this Miami team because they don't lose at home. And they will still win on the road. That's just how they're built. Um, but for, to their credit, those two didn't play. 
But still, Jimmy Butler made it look easy. <laughs> he made it look easy. I think what Jimmy Jimmy capitalizes the best on is having a good team around him that loves to play the game as much as he does. Yeah. And when they start to fall and he's not getting the production he wants out of it, then he can capitalize. You know what it is with him? He needs people who are mentally tough. Exactly. When he was with Chicago, he had it for a little bit with Joe Kim Noah. Like, you know, those guys are like tough, but they weren't a good basketball team. He goes to Minnesota, they were weak. He he literally shat on them in practice and dipped, right? He goes to Philly and you got the weakest mind in the world, Ben Simmons, right? And that wasn't gonna work. And then at that time, we still had Markel Fultz. That wasn't going to work. We had two guys who were mentally che- not good. And then B, always hurt, right? And then now he's on a team, Bam Adebayo's tough. P.J. Tucker, who I said, when, when Milwaukee lost him, I thought that was one of the biggest losses of the offseason. I'm like, P.J. Tucker made Giannis's life easier, made Chris Middleton's life easier, just because he will defend Kevin Durant. He will go defend your team's other best player. And then you and have big the old the three point line in the corner. Yeah, and then he goes stand in that corner and hit uh, hit clutch three after clutch three. You have Struz. Who the hell is Matt Struz? <laughs> but we see this man. He comes off a a, a high screen and roll cash. He's just hitting threes all day. Tyler Hero's a dog. Like they got a bunch of dogs on that team. It's hard. Bro, it's hard to six, beat a bunch of dogs. There is six undrafted players on that team. Gabe Vincent all got a role for themselves. That's insane. So Eric Spostra, Pat Riley, Mickey Harrison, now have the development team. Everybody in that Miami uh, culture, look, and I've said this before. If LeBron James played his whole career with the Miami Heat, he would have seven rings. I promise you that. Because they get the best out of it. And they know, and they're tactical, they're smart. There's a good culture, and it's in the Heat. So all these free agents he couldn't attract in Cleveland, they sure as hell would have came down to Miami. Clearly, he goes to Miami, he proved that. He, as soon as he got to Miami, yeah, I go play with him. Yeah, I go play with him. So, in, in my honest estimation, if he was there for his whole career, seven, easy. And, look, Jimmy Butler's already been to an NBA Finals with this team, and he's about to get to it. He probably he's about to get another one, another number one overall seed, and he's going to get to the NBA Finals probably again. So, you got to give this man his credit and get him – Give him his flowers where he can smell it. I've always been a Jimmy Butler fan. I always say that he's the most – he's the NBA player that's not mostly talked about when he should be because if you look at this team and if we really wanted to go by, like, accolades and, and things that they've won, <clears throat> yeah, we can say P.J. Tucker is a champion. Yeah, we can say, you know, Kyle Lowry might be the most decorated outside of that. Yeah, we can say Victor Oladipo has, you know, been in on an NBA, I think, first or second team or something like that in a few All-Star games. But, like, really, who the hell is Struess? Who is Gabe Vincent? Like, Nigerian. Um, Tyler who, Hero, is he's come along. Six man of the year. Tyler Hero, this year he has. Okay, yeah. he got uh, – he definitely stepped it up because I didn't see it in Tyler Hero the last two years. I saw it as rookie year. I was like, okay, this kid could be something. And we saw that major dip, and then we saw – him just come up, you know, for a, a like a like a whale just coming out the water to prove it. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. It's crazy. I mean, they're, they're just a very they're well ran team. I mean, and there's, yeah, you're talking about guys who are undrafted, but they're all tough minded people. At the end of the day, you got to be tough. <laughs> you got to be tough. They're guys that come from the trenches and can play. And Tyler Hero got this like black swaggy style on him now. And I mean, I don't know if it's just like rubbing off or what. No, this like, is how he's always been. I heard like this is how he was in college. This is how he was in high school. This is who he's he is. Wisconsin. He's from Wisconsin. Yeah, but the thing is that 
he some people try to are I don't even think he tries tries at all. He just I think he's literally just being himself, and that's, that's and Jimmy Butler. You could tell Jimmy Butler loves that. <laughs> I know, and and the thing about Bam is like I feel like Bam could be more dominant, but he Bam is be. also such. He's such a good facilitator too. I want Bam to be better offensively. He needs to. I need him to go like spend some time with Kim Olajuwon, get his footwork yeah. right, because he's he has such potential to be like damn superstar, like superstar. But to me, he's still just a star. I mean, he's made some All Star games. He's all defensive player. He's defense yeah, player of the year candidate, but and I think what I like about that about him is like he knows his role on the team. Yeah. Like he doesn't want to overstep whoever he doesn't need to overstep until like it's that time. And I and I think everybody fits the mold. Like like we saw Duncan Robinson doing very well the last two years, and like this year he obviously took a dip. And you're seeing that in his playing time. You're not seeing him out there as much now. You know who should have been more like Bam Adebayo, DeAndre Ayton. Like that's all Phoenix needed him to do in that game seven. Be like Bam. Just don't try. Don't you don't have to overstep your boundary. But if you have a mouse in the house, take advantage of that. Outside <laughs> of that, go block some shots and facilitate and make life easier for for Chris Paul and Devin Booker and all the other guys to be successful. You got a mouse in the house. A mouse it. in the house. Take advantage of that shit. I love it. I love it. All right. Um, shifting over. I mean, how how do you see uh, the Boston Miami series playing out? If they go down 0-2. I don't, I don't I, and I know Boston showed some resiliency in that Milwaukee series. They were down three two and had to win Game Six in Milwaukee, and they came back in Game Seven. And you know, Miami's a different when, when, when Miami, Miami when Miami fans show up when Miami if they're if, they're, if they stay the course as far as health. I mean, Kyle Lowry didn't even play Game One, and that's another element that they can add to the to the, to the mix. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I got, I got, I got to ride with Miami on this one. I think. For all year round, even when they went through the little struggles and the fighting and all the bullshit, that's because they got bored. At the end of the day, when you're so good, you get bored at some point. And I think they just got bored when that happened. Family and dies, then, man. And then Eric Spolster woke up the dog and Jimmy Butler like, all right. And Udonis Haslam, you know Udonis Haslam not going to let Udonis Haslam has dealt with Boston for years. UD is not letting Boston win that series. Trust me. He's there to throw hands at all times. No, trust me. Udonis Haslam will not allow that Boston team to win because it's personal with Miami. Like, this is a, this rivalry has been going on for a decade now, and it's just – it ain't going away. Yeah, Tony, you know, I hate to say it, man. Like, I'm, I'm enjoying seeing the Boston run, but I, I just feel like – I feel like White is not reliable. He's not consistent, and – I, I don't know. I just feel like there's some things that aren't clicking there like it does in Miami. But I could see it going seven games. I could also see it going to six. If they go I down... It, I think it might go seven, to be honest with you. But if game, game seven will be in Miami, Miami is undefeated at home this postseason. So I think that I think that's going to remain the same. There's, a, there's an end to everything, man. So you never know. But I, I see Miami coming victorious in seven is what I see. All right, go. let's go talk about the Warriors in Dallas real quick, man. Like, I mean, I said the same thing in the last thing. It's going to be tough for Luka to get past it because they're too tiny, but the Warriors are also tiny, too. They're not that big. The Warriors are so, tiny as well, but Kaval well, Looney finally played in game, game six. They had, like, 23 rebounds or some shit like that. So, yeah. so there goes to show you that when they want to play big, they can't play big, but they want to do that death lineup so they have all shooters on the floor and Draymond Green being the big man, which against, against Dallas, that will work. 
a mouth of the house. Because <laughs> Kleber ain't gonna Kleber ain't gonna take advantage of the mouse in the house, soft, bro. Kleber ain't gonna take advantage of the mouse in the house. So Draymond Green will be on. We'll we'll, we'll we'll rotate to that, and then it's just a it's, it's just who's gonna shoot the best at this point. Who's gonna shoot the best? That's true. It's gonna come down to that. That's all it comes down to in this series. And 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 Vinny Smith is a he's a dog, bro. Like yeah. I really appreciate his play. He can, he can have a game where he scores like two points a game, but he gets in your head. And he's he's a good player at doing that. And there'll be games he'll drop twenty three, and you're like, how does he do this? So I shit on his game a lot, but I I do respect it watching it more than I've seen in the playoffs on how he plays. Um. I don't know, man. I, I I think it's it's going to be interesting because we're going to see Luca. This is another step forward in Luca's resume for me. If he can get over this hump and go to the finals, that'll be crazy because I feel like this will be the the I wouldn't say the worst constructed team, but like a team of nobodies and Luca going to the NBA Finals, which would be insane. And I wouldn't say Luca holds the torch because Spencer did what he has hold, held his own with them as well, and so has Jalen Brunson as well and Finney Smith. So they're just budding. They're budding stars. Luka Doncic is number one all time in points per game in the playoffs over Michael Jordan, Allen Iverson, Kevin Durant. 40 points a game, man. Oh, no. In game seven, that's from game seven. All time is just he's 33, 33.5 points a game, just all, all across the, play, uh, the playoffs. And Golden State, they're not the same defensive team like they used to be. You know, like back in the day, Clay Thompson can get in a chair and guard anybody. Draymond Green can guard anybody. Draymond Green can still guard. He's still going to be a difference making on defense. But Clay Thompson ain't guarding nobody like that no more. And but who the hell in Golden State is going to guard Steph Curry? Because if you, I mean, not Steph Curry, Luka Doncic. Because if you put Draymond Green on Luka Doncic, Draymond Green's going to have four fouls in the first half. <laughs> so. That's going to be the, the tricky part. You might have to put Andrew Wiggins on him because so he's a he's a, he has the size, but I don't know. But I just don't know who's going to stop Luca. I mean, if they if they go like boxing one on Luca, then maybe. But I don't know. They're going to have to stop Luca, and Luca's going to get his points. We know that, man. Luka but will the other guys show up? Is the question in this level of competition? Like they, are, do you think they'll? Do you think they'll have enough confidence to step up in this kind of a you know high pressured situation? There's two organizations that do this well, the Miami Heat and the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. So let's not act like they haven't been there. No, finals. I'm talking about Dallas. Will they oh, be Dallas. able to step up? Oh. That's going to be the test. Because obviously, Golden State is not nervous. I'm talking about Dallas. Like, these are all a lot of these guys' first time in this kind of a situation. So you, do you think they'll have enough confidence to deal with the Four time the or three time defending champion Golden State. Well, no, how many? How many they got? They got four. No, they got three. They got three. Three time defending champion Golden State Warriors. You think they'll be able to deal with that that kind of pressure? Because game one, it's gonna be loud in the bay. Yeah, it, it's gonna be tough. And and Jalen Brunson's got a national championship ring, and Luca's well decorated overseas, but that doesn't translate to an NBA Finals game. What the hell's Cleaver have? <laughs> Some good passes. What the hell's Maxi Cleaver guy? He ain't got no. He ain't got no. He ain't got no skin in the game. <laughs> the mouse. The mouse in the house. <laughs> you know, but hey, you know what though? The one person that can get them to be okay, Jason Kidd. I think Jason Kidd had more to do with that Lakers winning the championship than than, than Vogel. And that and this is the problem that I have with the with the Lakers front office with Jeannie Buss and now 
Phil Jackson is trying to call shots now. Are you kidding me? Do you know what Phil Jackson did to your New York Knicks? He ran y'all to the ground. To the don't, ground. Don't remind me, please. Y'all went from second-round playoff team to, to Derek Fisher, Jeff Hornacek, of Mitch Kupchak. Like, what the, fuck, what the hell are y'all doing? Anyway, so now Jeannie Buzz listened to Phil Jackson again. And they should have hired Ty Lue. They should have hired Jason Kidd. They should have hired Monty Williams. But they went with Frank Vogel. <laughs> Coach of the year, uh, Jason Kidd just beat number one seed. And uh, Ty Lue, the Clippers own the Lakers now, ever since Ty Lue got there. So clearly the joke was on, on, on the Bus family. And Jason Kidd, for what, for, for what it's worth, he might be coming up. Like, you know how uh, Steve Kerr, once he hit, he was on for him, right? And you know the point guards, it's the point, coaches are, the point guards who are coaches, they know what the hell they're doing. They know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> so all time, I go back. I would say Jason Kidd, top top five point guard all time to me. And I know he kind of flamed out in Milwaukee and all that stuff, but the dude can coach. The dude can coach. And if he gets Luka to just – could think about it. They got rid of Carlisle last year, and I think because he could not coach Luka. <laughs> and now Jason Kidd's like, I'll coach him. And he he's with the analytical bullshit. He was like, we just got to shoot more threes. And that's what they've been doing. They just keep shooting He's He's also a point guard. He's a point guard, yeah. Jason Kidd's pretty tall. He's like 6'4". I mean, he's no 6'7", but... Yeah, he's 6'4". But he was a big point guard for his day. Like, he was still, like, a bigger point guard. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a fun series, and I'm and I'm I'm thinking game seven too for it as well. I, I don't know seven or six and out of this. I'll say Golden State in seven or six. I, I just I want Luca to make it so badly though, but it's gonna be hard, man. <laughs> it, I, I think we're I'm, we're gonna be entertained because this is the type of stuff that we should be treated to to watch and we need to appreciate because you're watching. A, a young star and it's crazy to say a young star because he's been playing professional since like 16 years old like we're seeing his nba career take off now now just imagine what they can put around him next year if they can keep this team together and add some pieces like they're literally one piece away from being a contender every year like a, a like literally western conference finals contender every year in my book yeah luke could get you there he facilitates and does everything you need to do and this animal we're seeing in the playoffs, I love it. That Cam Johnson step back yeah. shot, that talking. I'm, I'm, I'm loving we're, that. American we're here for that. Yes, I'm loving American culture is getting to him, and it, it's, it's great. And I remember right before the game, they interviewed him and unscathed. They were like, Charles Barkley was so gun ho on the, on the on the Suns, and even Shaq and Kenny were like, Nah, it's gonna be the Mavericks, and. Dude, like just just seeing the way he carries himself, how calm like he doesn't play fast paced basketball. He does not play fast. He tailors the game around him. Yeah, and he's just so calm. And it, you you the last time I saw that was like really LeBron. LeBron plays to his speed when he needs to speed up, he'll speed up. And Luca just plays to his speed, and he's dominant. And and who did LeBron LeBron did a Q and A the other day? They asked him who his favorite player was. He said Luca Doncic. Listen, when I saw Lucas start playing, I'm like, yeah, that's that's young Bron right there. That's that's 2022. That's 2020 LeBron. So <clears throat> it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be interesting, but it's gonna be hard. <laughs> it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard. But well, you know what, Luke? I was talking to my friend Daryl, and we're talking about like you know what Luca could use. 
You know what LeBron James needed early when he got to when he knew who he wanted to be? He needed a Chris Bosch, he needed a Kevin Love, and now he needed an Anthony Davis. He needs a, a four or a five that's willing to crash, do the dirty work, block some shots, and hit a corner three. <laughs> and that's all he needs because I think Chris Bosch made LeBron James life a lot easier because he doesn't clog the paint. He he's you can count on him to make those big shots. He's going to defend well. He's going to rebound well, right? Kevin Love, we talk about a guy that used to get 30 rebounds in the game, but we knew he, he improved his jump shot while LeBron, while he got LeBron. He, you know, he was still doing the, the dirty work that he needed to do. And now you see Anthony Davis. If Anthony Davis can stay healthy, we, we're going to see a lot more out of him. But that's something that Luka needs. He needs that caliber of player. Because they tried it with Chris Tapps, but Chris Tapps is not built like that. And yeah. so I think going into next, we'll see how they do this year, but Bertans and Kleber are not going to be the answer to Lucas' problem. So, but we'll see. I mean, we, hey, we never what know. Powell Powell, that? Yeah, yeah. He's from Stanford. He saw. Anyway, yeah, yeah, not Powell. Uh, Boban, Marjanovic. They, nah. That's the guy who needs to play more. I'm nah, sorry. They, nah, but we they try. He's too big and slow. <laughs> I love him, but he's big. I love that. I love him. Big and slow. <laughs> All right, let's let's transition to, to NBA players. You know, a la Pat Bev doing his ESPN greatest greatest show tour. Um, obviously he has all of the NBA chirping up against him for the most part, uh, in the way he's taking on blaming Chris Paul. Do you think that he personally has it out for Chris Paul? Or do you oh, think... Oh, clearly. Yeah, he talked about it. He said it started in in, in, well, camp. He a, in camp, LeBron camp. He said he busted his ass then, and then he never got the respect, the love, or whatever it was. Um, but my <clears> question <throat> back to you, do you think, as a current player, because, you know, they're, they're like a fraternity. They're a big fraternity. Yeah, absolutely. As a current player... Do you think he has a the the legs or the merit to be able to talk about Chris Paul in that matter? That was, and my, B, that was my next question. And then B, um, I mean, should he be saying all the stuff that he's been saying, even if he doesn't have the legs or the merit as an active player? I mean, do you think that it's okay for him to say all the things he said, half the things he said? You know, the cone part. I don't know. Like, like, where do you stand on on, on all that? I think. I think hearing Pat Bev say that, I just, I just think he's a, a pure hater. So I, I honestly have to side on that. Like, I just think, what has Pat Bev done that everybody's like, ooh, ah, over? This is probably the deepest I can say Pat Bev has gone and people have been like, ooh, ah, over, over his. No, the is, Clippers made it to a couple he, conference finals. He's a, okay, but he's, he's a good defender. But all, Bev, all NBA defense three times. That's okay. not that. He has that. First team, second team, what? Uh, um, I gotta look that at up. all. I think second and third. Um, Pat Bev is what the Phoenix Suns are. They talk a lot of shit for somebody who hasn't accomplished it. <laughs> for someone who hasn't accomplished a lot of shit in their life. Okay. Yes, he was well decorated overseas. He came to the United States and 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 got drafted and he worked his ass off. All right, he was second time All NBA second team and first All NBA first team defensive uh, one. So. One NBA defensive one team and then two defensive second teams. That's still good. That's still good. I <laughs> he was a Euro Cup MVP in 2012, <laughs> Russian Cup defensive player of the year. Russian, I mean, he, he's, hey, he's done his shit. He's definitely seen freshman of the year, <laughs> slam dunk <laughs> competition winner. <laughs> he's, he's decorated defensively. Okay. But 
let's be honest like pat bev talks that shit but pat bev ain't 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 winning nothing pat bev is just like the sons like we just said he'll talk all of that smack about somebody and if you have a person it's i don't know i just feel like as a man at this point in your life it's more of like put up or shut up type of stuff to me you know if you if if you've got a vendetta against chris paul go beat his ass send him home you know don't don't go out and blast a man on national tv that everybody's going to back and everybody in the same mind you know is not out there like personally headhunting him you're just making yourself look like a hater by doing this and is chris paul soft i could see it is he a cone Chris Paul can be soft sometimes. Chris Paul cries to the refs. Chris yeah, Paul, baby, that's not soft to me though. That's more that's of soft. A... that can be soft to me. That can that can hurt your character. But is Chris Fair. Paul a competitor? He's definitely a competitor. Does Chris Paul, you know, go out there and, and put on a good NBA game? Except for that game seven and a couple other games we saw in the playoffs of him disappear. But other than that, he's consistently in. What do we say that every team is every team that's on the brink of being good? What are they missing? A Chris Paul. So if that's a common thing, like Chris Paul, he's in, I've been getting into it with another friend who's like, Chris Paul isn't in my top 10 point guard list of all time. I'm oh, like, God. you're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> you're crazy not to put him up there. Like Come he put, on, relax. That's, that, that's just, that's re, you're, that's too much. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, that's a personal vendetta you might have against Chris Paul. But if you look at his game and the way he plays the game, he's a pure all around point guard. You know what I can, he's, He's the black John Stockton of today. <laughs> That's what he is. He's a black John, John Stockton that could score 20 points a game, though. John Stockton couldn't score, you know, 20 points a game. And his, but, John Stockton's career, he never averaged 20 points a game once. Exactly. However, like this is be Chris Paul. <laughs> 26, I think, is the highest he scored a game. Well, not in a single game. No, in a, in a season. Who, uh, uh, Paul? Yeah, I think 26. Uh, he's averaged 20 points a game twice only. Oh, wow. One nice. was 22 and one was 21. So, okay. and that's, and, and scoring is up these days compared to what the 90s was. So, again, he is, I mean, his his career average is 18 points and nine assists. And then John Stockton's, uh, I think it was just a tick. Oh. It was like 10 and a half assists and 13 points. So, He's just today's age, John Stockton, and yeah, to John Stockton, and look at John Stockton—he never won nothing either. He yeah, just exactly. he got almost got there. I put the tweet out the other day too. Like if if John Stockton was in this era, would he be getting the or during this era would he be getting the same kind of blame that that Chris Paul is getting? Same yes, he would. And and that's the problem. The nineties, the nineties players and eighties players were all protected because there oh. wasn't social media, there wasn't twenty-four hour, uh, you know, coverage of sports. At the end of the day. Like you said, it's a fraternity, okay? All these guys pledged the same chapter. They pledged NBA. They chose NBA over MLB, NBA, MLS, NHL. That's the fraternity they pledged. And for you to go on, he's gonna. You're a man of. You're a man, and you're gonna have your own opinions on things. And I never fault a man for what he thinks, but the way you handle it is another thing. For you to go on ESPN and go on four different shows, okay? Yeah. Not one, but if if they had Pat Bev. For one show, okay, but he went on four different ones. Right. He even got, he even got into a tour. 
<laughs> he exactly the ESPN tour. And <laughs> he even got at it with Woj, who's like one of the most respected people in NBA, like uh um what do you call it a uh, commentary or like with a Brian too. <laughs> exactly. like if you're if you're gonna get into it like dude you're ru- you're rubbing the wrong feathers like you're rustling the wrong feathers of people and then the people that pledge the same fraternity of you the matt barnes the kds the the dame lillard the kd saying he's like he's walking around he's too like he's tupac i think yeah. that was that we don't know if that was directed at pat bev but I think it was. <laughs> it, was. it was. And you're you're pissing off the people in the same fraternity as you. These people are protected. And I, I mean, I look at it like Lance Stevenson. Lance Stevenson got under, you know, LeBron's last nerve. But at the end of the day, LeBron came out on top. And, and But and the, the difference between and Lance and Pat was that Lance had a little bit more respect. He just, in the game, he tried everything he could to get under your skin. But he will still dap you up at the end and won't, you know, he won't go and do his media tour. The thing about Pat Bev, and that's why, like, this conversation, hey. I, this is who Pat Bev is on the court. Like, how he was on ESPN these last couple of days is who he is on the court. Because that is the only way he would have gotten into the league. He had to be a pest. He had, I mean, remember, he almost, I mean, I think he hurt, like, he went from, like, a loose ball against Russell Westbrook uh, when he was in Houston on the sideline and it caused Russell Westbrook need to, need to be messed up a little bit like this is who he is though this is how he has to play because he did have to go overseas to china and and russia and all that stuff because he couldn't get drafted and if he really did bust up chris paul while he was in camp only for him to get sent overseas i'd be pissed off too so yes he needs to calm the hell down talking about chris paul and the matter that he talked about him but i'm not mad at him for being critical of him i mean I wouldn't call him a cone. I wouldn't say all that, but I would say this. I would say, yeah, no one fears Phoenix. I, that is fair because I've heard Stephen Jackson say stuff like that. I've heard Kendrick Perkins say stuff like that. If, that is fair. if you, it's easy to tell if a team fears another team or not. That's clear. So that's not out of bounds. Um, but you know, outside of that, I mean, you know, ESPN is going to do whatever it can to make some money. And when they realize they had this fiery ass guy that's willing to be on TV, hey. <laughs> I mean, I've heard Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal say some disrespectful shit, but we laugh it off and like, hey, Kiki, whatever. But that's because they're old. <laughs> Pat Bev in 20 years, if he's still doing the same thing, we're going to laugh and Kiki about it because he's old. But as an active player, he probably needed to tone that down a little bit because, bro, like, you're going to want to be on the roster next year. <laughs> they're also marketable and well-liked as opposed to somebody like a Pat Bev who no one's, like, drawing, like, oh, I got to go get me a Pat Bev jersey. Like Question. If Pat Bev played for the Knicks, how would you feel about it? Would he be, because think about it. He he's the kind of guy that if he plays for your team, like I'll put up with it. So would you put up with his actions if you play for the Knicks? I respect Pat Bev's game because Pat Bev's game translates to the type of player he is. Okay, so I can respect that. Can I tolerate him? No. But if he brings that defensive scrappiness and that's what the team wants to rally around. Like, I feel like Pat Bev is only going to get along with younger players because he talks that shit. He makes you work harder. He tries to pull the best out of you. That's why we said it. Imagine if he was on, imagine if he was on Memphis, how he's going to pull the best out of those guys. Well, if he was on Memphis, okay, <laughs> that's feel, what they needed. <laughs> I feel like him, I feel like him and Anthony Edwards are on the same wavelength of, of personality wise. Anthony Edwards talks that shit. Anthony Edwards backs it up with his subpar defense and his elite scoring. Pat Bev talks that shit. He puts up with his 
superb defense and his subpar uh, scoring. So like they 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 balance. But at least Anthony Edwards is funny. <laughs> at least that Anthony is not that funny to me. That is not funny. It's not funny Pat at Bev all. It's almost narcissistic, and it drives me nuts. Here That's the part. That's the part. Yeah, he's he's a little bit too narcissistic for me. <laughs> but yeah. for also because I think he's trying to find a way to go play with the Lakers. I heard him mention LeBron yeah. in the late. Do you think LeBron would 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 be happy to have Pat Bev on his team? I think he would. Weirdly enough, I think Pat. If, if LeBron can play with Russell Westbrook, LeBron can play with anybody. If LeBron can play with Lance Stevenson. He can yeah. go, he can go back to Cleveland after Dan Gilbert said all that shit he said about him. He can make Draymond Green his his number one business part partner after Draymond Green called him a bitch and all this shit in in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If he can do all that. Pat Bev is a walk in the park for him. So do you, oh, it's, you it's, think that would work out for the Lakers, though, if they had a, a Pat Bev kind of player? I think they needed it. They needed defensive defensive players on there, so I think one wouldn't help. I mean, you can't shoot, though. Ball. You know LeBron likes shooters. He can't shoot. I mean, he can you shoot a little bit. You got to have one defensive guy out there, man. So, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to run through my head of all the players LeBron's played with. Like, there's got to be some defensive guy that's come out there and played with him before. So, Ooh, I got one. You know what the mm-hmm. Lakers should do? Hmm. Where they failed to do two years ago, they need to go get Chris Paul. That's what they need. I've been saying that for years. Now. If they would have got Chris Paul two years ago with with this bunch that they have right now, all these problems would have went away. <laughs> we need oh. the banana boat. We need the banana boat final final tour. Look, Wade needs to get those knees healthy. And now, I, think, I think Melo needs to retire too, though. I think he hey, still Melo can give you fifteen points play. a game, but he can't guard nobody. He gets they take advantage of him on the court, so. I don't know about Melo anymore, but I'm happy. I'm happy for Melo, but yeah. I hope he I hope he gets one before he does, but it probably won't happen. Um, let's talk about let's talk about Kyrie too on I am athlete, kind of airing out his dirty laundry with LeBron James. Um did you see that as it wasn't really dirty laundry though? It, he it just, wasn't. He just, he, he just he he finally said something. That's all to me. Yeah, that, that's the way I took it too. Yeah. Did you see it though as a mature way of handling it or did you see it more of as like you know i'm flipping it back to you you the you are the person that i need to ask about Kyrie because you know how i feel about Kyrie. i don't have a, a vendetta against Kyrie. i just think i truly do not have a vendetta against Kyrie either i just i can pull some clips you know, said some harsh things about Kyrie. <laughs> no but that's that's logical things like the man does not um he's not a man of his word he said the earth was flat and then the next time he said i don't know why y'all pay attention to things like that it's clearly not like you literally said that. Steph Curry did something like that before too. Nobody said anything to Steph. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Like he was very like Kyrie is one of those people that is invested in something, and like we always say, and I'm not arguing this whatsoever. He means well. He means well by what he is doing. He just doesn't know how to translate that to being well or perceived. Just like I said, when he's fasting during Ramadan, and you're supposed to be humble, and you're telling people, "Suck my dick." and flipping them off like you're not living up to what you are yeah i have no per like Kyrie's game is beautiful i've never seen somebody as athletic as Kyrie, except for Allen iverson and uh derrick rose and now john morant get to the hoop and contortionist and get in there and score like he does it's so smooth i respect his game it's only when i see him open his mouth so my my rebuttal to or my rebuttal to everything is when Kyrie says this is he steadfast in that belief of that or is this going to change down the line is he going to flip-flop and say something else and i told you this before the show that's my only tip with it 
it's nice that he said, and it was like, if I was in an older state of mind now, I would respect that. And, you know, I went on my China tour and they leaked that information and I couldn't have that conversation with LeBron James. If that's true, okay, I, I can respect that. That's not your fault. That's once again, the media getting a hold of things. Yep. But, you know, that's that's unfortunate. And it, it did get drug out. It was very gruesome exit out of Cleveland. But then you fucked the Boston fans and you fucked them hard. Okay. You said, I will resign here at center court with a microphone. That part was the part that I was like, with a microphone. That part, I was like, bruh, that's on you. That's all 100% you. But right that's what I'm getting at. Why this would you tell him that? <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> this is the kind of guy he is. Okay. So, like, how many times can you cry wolf until the wolf is there? That's what it is. Yeah. Like I said, means well, means well, just can't, can't show you. That's it. And look at Nike. Nike's already like, yo, like. They just need to know that they're paying for somebody who wants to be on the court. That's all. <laughs> exactly. Like Nike gets it now. Like Nike. Well, the, Nike like, the shocking thing about, and I, I don't, I didn't really appreciate Nike for that because Nike normally likes to take on the controversial athlete. They take on the athlete that's going against the grain, against the mold. So I think they were just reacting to, to the wrong. I don't know. That, that's not my decision. But you don't um, know if Kyrie kicked in the door and it was like, what's up, cocksuckers? We're going to make a new shoe or what? You don't know what Kyrie he's does. The number, he's your number one seller. So if he's doing that, he's selling. He's making all the most money right now. I think he's doing better than LeBron's shoes. I think he's doing better than... Uh, who else? KD, Paul George. I think he's doing better than all of them. So, for what it's Everybody's worth, for what it's worth, he's been he's been a, a great ambassador for Nike. So that part I wasn't really yeah. too keen about. But just to kind of reflect on what he was talking about with the Cleveland situation. So you know, obviously, I watched a lot of those games. You know, I'm a LeBron fan, so obviously, you know, I'm I'm invested in everything that was going on at that at that point in time, and obviously. To me, that relationship looked like it was working, but Kyrie, you know, at that time, he's 22, 23 years old. He's still a kid. And yeah. Kobe, when he was 22, 23 years old, he was a kid. But Kobe thought, because uh, and Kyrie said it, he would walk in, he's not better than you, better than you, better than you, better than you, right? Kobe was doing that since he was 18. He walked into a grown man's locker room, I'm better than you, better than you, better than you. And then you got to deal with the big personality of Shaq, right? And Kobe wasn't really trying to deal with that. So they got Shaq up out of there. Same thing. You know, Kyrie was drafted number one overall to have the keys to the city. And here comes big doll LeBron coming over and taking all the shine. At 22, 23, 24, it's like, damn, I want that shine back. And I can't really fault him for wanting to leave. But at the same time, we've all been kids and made bad decisions because he knows hindsight 2020, he should have definitely stayed. And that part is what, made me feel like, all right, at least he's wise enough to understand that. Because he kind of alluded to it. He knew he should have stayed there. Thousand percent. Because and I, and I look back at that 2017 team. They won in 2016, and I always say that 2017 team was better than 2016. So although they, they, although they lost in 2017, they could have came back in 2018 and won it. Why? Because LeBron carried that trash-ass Cavs team in 2018 and got all the way to game one to overtime with Golden State until the well the, the dam fell off. So if Kyrie was on the court uh, for that series in 2018, we're having a whole, a whole other discussion about how many rings Kevin Durant has and 
this, that, and the third. So I definitely think, I definitely think he's uh, he's matured a lot. I still think he's very misguided and misunderstood, but I do appreciate that he's doing whatever it takes to find himself. And that's the important thing is that he has to find himself and his steps. We may not agree with the steps, but who are we to, to, to talk about his approach to how he wants to handle things. You know what I mean? I'm it's not. Just, I'm not. I'm, it's, I'm really diff- not. it's different. Yeah, it's different. But at least he's not out here committing, you know, crimes. He's not out here robbing banks, beating up on his girlfriend, uh, you know, joining a gang and killing people. Because we hear a lot of these stories with, with athletes who just go the wrong direction. He went a different direction. That's all it was. But he's not like, we can think of all Rajon Rondo just got in trouble for threatening to beat up his kill his girlfriend, the mother of his kids. So it could it could do it could be that bad. So at the end of the day, I'm I'm, I'm I think and I think the media and I hate the media. I think the media always makes think, things bigger than it's supposed to be. Uh, and especially when it has to deal with LeBron, they're always going to try to find something, something to check at that armor. So. I think I really think that the media made this a bigger deal than it, when it than it really was, and no, no it is I, what it is. And I agree, but I also feel like, like I like you said, like he's he goes about it in a different way. We know he means well. It's just I observe things and I see the things that you do, and we practice the same religion. And when you're doing this, like it's 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 crazy to think that it's a benevolent time, and you're 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 being belligerent. Which, whatever, do you? That's how you're going to handle yourself. I'm sure he, you know, asked for forgiveness and praise afterwards and everybody sins. We know that. Um, I'm just going off of the antics I see, man. And I, I, I don't know. Kyrie, like I said, I have no personal vendetta against him. I, I respect I can't him. tell. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. I told you, like, I appreciate him coming up yeah. on the show and, and speaking about this. Yeah, that um, part was very admirable. At least, at least he had the balls to do this. So, yeah. Yeah, but I feel like when another weird thing, another weird stat we'll throw out about Kyrie. When he shaves his head, he's completely normal a little bit. <laughs> when, the, when the fro or the braids or something out there, he's a little, he's a little bit. Eh. He's trying when he has the fro and everything. I think he's trying too hard to be righteous. He's trying to be yeah. like 1960s Black Panther kind of guy. I think yeah. he's trying too hard. Whereas yes. when he's not trying too hard, his when he does, because like I said, he always means well. But he, you don't have to go about it where you're overdoing it. Like, people are going to follow you because they like you and they respect you. You don't have to, like, go out of your way and be like, yeah, I did this, blah, 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 black power. Like, you don't got to do all the extra stuff. Just be you. Just be you. Exactly. Big, and again, all he had to do was link up with LeBron because LeBron will show you how to be you. Because he admitted it. He said, he taught me how to be, like, you know, professional and do this with my body and how to use my platform and everything like that. So you need to you need to learn these things. It's hard to learn, but that stuff by yourself. Uh, it is. So, but that's the route he wanted to take on it, and yeah, he has to learn. Unfortunately for him, that was not the best route to take. But maybe things happen for. I mean, we all make decisions that we like. All right, I shouldn't have went that way. I should have went right. You know what I mean? But at some point, the roads kind of come back where you can kind of just get back on that straight, and then you're good. So he could use that as a learning lesson. That damn, I handled that the wrong way. My fear is that he still hasn't completely changed from who he was back then. Because I mean, look at this Brooklyn team; they had no cohesion, no no glue, no nothing was there. And 
Same thing how it was in Boston. There was no glue, no cohesion. He even said in the 2017 finals, he said they weren't a good team. They were a great talent, but they weren't like together. And he was, you know, he was, and it's because he would go missing for like two weeks or whatever and keep to himself. That's still going on now in Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Like he goes, he just goes missing. Like, I don't know where he's at. I don't know what he's doing, but we're going to respect him and love him. So I don't know how much he's changed. I just hope that he's going in the direction where he can become the leader that he wants to be because the, the problem with the Brooklyn Nets is that he's the leader of the team and he has not, he has not, he hasn't completely gotten there yet. And I think he can, it's just, he not, not yet. Especially when you got to deal with fragile Kevin Durant and fragile Ben Simmons and fragile Steve Nash and, I don't know. To me, he's, he's just not ready for that. He's fragile too, man. Like he's not a leader. He's fragile, but he's not as fragile as, as those other guys. <laughs> Kevin Durant just pop off Kevin, of the mouth. He doesn't give a shit. And I agree with that. Kevin Durant's like, well, you shut the fuck up. <laughs> I just want to play basketball, please. Yeah. You heard you saw you saw him on the David on David Letterman, some something like that. I didn't get to watch it, but I, I heard like David Letterman was high, or one of them was no, high. No, Kevin Durant is high. He was like Kevin Durant, he was like, Yeah, I think it's good because it helps me clear my mind. It's like drinking a glass of wine. And then uh Kevin Durant, I mean uh Letterman was like, Did you smoke today? And Kevin Durant was like, Yeah, I'm high right now. With, <laughs> with a normal face, like it wasn't even like matter, it was matter of fact. I was like, I like this. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Kevin Grant is funny, man, but he's also that guy like just don't shit talk them because he's gonna give it to you raw. He will, oh, 100 percent Like that shit was funny on that 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 Nets game. He was inbounding the ball. The guy was recording. He was like, Kevin, you need to make this shot. He's like, you need to shut the shut fuck the up. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, real talk, like Kevin Durant, if like I'm such a LeBron fan, so everyone's an enemy to me, but like Kevin Durant is is. He's gonna be like when he when it's all said, he's gonna go down as one of my favorite players ever I ever watched because he's he's so obviously one of the most gifted uh, offensive talents we've ever seen. Period. Um, and you, you they call Chris Porzingis the unicorn. Get the hell out of here. Kevin Durant is a real is a unicorn, and the fact that he does he he's open about having his burner accounts. He he was trying to uh, get with uh, that. What's that point? He's himself, right? But he's himself. Yeah, he's himself. He's he's just a, he just wants to hoop. And that's it. He's and I know a team. lot of people like him. Back when back when I used to, you know, all I wanted to do was hoop as well. I know people who are like him. So it's funny to see it in in real time. Got, the guy's worth a half a billion dollars because he's killing it with the tech companies that he invested in, and he's mm-hmm. killing it with the boardroom. He's he's. He's doing a phenomenal job off the court. You gotta, you gotta respect it, man. And, and for sure. I don't, I don't, I, once again, another player that I appreciate, don't, don't like him. Cause I always felt like he was, you know, the bad guy to, to LeBron, but, and I just don't respect the way he moves in the NBA. Like I didn't like the Golden State move, back. obviously, but yeah, but I would have been happy if he would have won a ring in OKC. Respect. Oh, absolutely. I was cheering for him in OKC. That's why I was a little bit more mad. <laughs> I was too, but I respect his game. He's a player yeah. that I definitely respect his game. Just like Kyrie, respect his game. Don't like the way they move, but respect his game. And definitely, like, I just think he's funny when he just bashes fans. <laughs> he, it's just like, he doesn't have it. It just comes out. It's not like he's thinking about what he's going to say. Like, this, this is who funny. I am, so deal with it. Because <laughs> he doesn't look tough. Like, he doesn't look like he can fight. He just talks that shit. He just skinny. He's 172 pounds soaking wet. So, yeah. It's Slim Reaper, man. Slim Reaper for real. But, hey, he going to kill you on the court. 
right. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna make your, your favorite team cry afterwards, that's for sure. All right, let's talk, let's talk NFL schedules. Um they let's just go released. fly, Eagles fly. You know what I'm talking let's, about. Let's talk. Howie um, Roseman masterclass this summer. The offseason like J. Cole. What's up? <laughs> My man, my man did say it on Twitter about a week ago about signing the DB. So tell him. I tell said, him I said five days ago. I said just go get James Bradbury and call it a day. Let's go for it all. Five days later, how are you going to wear my two? And say, I bet ten million dollars. We go for it all this year, my friend. I looked at the schedule. Look, the strength of schedule came out right. We have the second easiest schedule next year. We're going eleven and six or twelve and five. Um, you know who has the hardest schedule though? Kansas City Chiefs and the yeah. Los Angeles Rams. That's some scary shit. Because those are two teams that can very well make it to the Super Bowl, but that's tough. You guys have the 27th hardest schedule. I thought we I were like, in the middle of the pack. I like, huh? I thought we were in the middle of the pack. They 27th. Said. Oh fuck. What I like we? your draft a lot. Then I looked yeah. at your I, I, I dead ass was looking at both of our schedules before before the show. I was like, damn, y'all got a hard ass schedule. Y'all schedule is tough. <laughs> For real tough. So their the team is going to be better, but it may not reflect because absolutely no, absolutely because that I schedule said, is tough. I'm I'm being honest with you. I, I'm I'm betting four or five wins, four or five wins for us. Five or six. Five. Yo, that schedule is tough as shit. <laughs> oh my god! Like but then me... again, but then again. We beat the Super Bowl champions in the regular season. You did you things did. like that happen, and we beat. Beat the Dallas Cowboys the year before. But the Dallas Cowboys are the Dallas Cowboys lost themselves. <laughs> All right, let me let me kind of just run real quick. I'm just gonna run real, 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 real quick. Um, the Jets. You guys start off. Or I'm just gonna run through the team. You go through the AFC North for the first four weeks. Baltimore, yep. Cleveland, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. Who this whatever nerd made y'all schedule, that's messed up, right? That's that's messed up. They all got Miami, right? That's like a you know. They're better, but look, and then you know what you do after that? You go to Green Bay, you go yeah. to Denver, you play New England, and you play Buffalo. <laughs> then you have a bye, you play New England again. My bro, who made y'all schedule? Like, what the hell is that? So that just that and just that first was it 10 games that was that's that's y'all looking at one and nine, two and eight. I don't want to be mean, I'm just I'm keeping it real. <laughs> You're going to Green Bay, going to uh, Russell Wilson's uh, Mile High Stadium, and then you got Chicago, Minnesota, Buffalo, Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle, Miami. Y'all are gonna do better in the second half of the season, but that first half, that shit's brutal. That shit's brutal. Meanwhile, we <clears throat> we got it. We Detroit week one, Minnesota's a pick 'em. Washington get Carson Wentz, Jacksonville, Arizona without DeAndre Hopkins, Dallas got worse. We got them next. Pittsburgh. Eh. A good rookie quarterback, Kenny Pickett. I ain't scared of him. Houston, come on, Davis Mills. <laughs> Carson Wentz again. Indy will be tough. Green Bay will be tough. Tennessee will be tough. So those are three tough games in a row. And then we ran it out with New York, Chicago, Dallas, New Orleans, and New York again. So uh, that sec- our second half is a little bit more dangerous. But if we get off to a good start, we're in the money. We're in the money. We're in the money. But – uh. I think for my team, if we're just speaking about what we what I think we need to do to be better, we got the two corners. We got Darius Slay. We got Bradbury. I needed that second corner. Um, we we obviously drafted how I wanted to with Nicobe Dean and uh, Jordan Davis. I'm starting to have a little bit of FOMO because I, I want to. 
we really need a safety. And I think Kyle Hamilton, he would have been excellent on our team, but he could play every down. We don't have to worry about as a rundown or a pass down. Kyle Hamilton could be on the field no matter what. So that part I do have a little bit of FOMO about, and hopefully Jordan Davis can, can become what we expect him to become. Um, it, all, it all falls on Jalen Hurts. You know, we, we built the offense. Around, the offensive line is great. A.J. Brown's great. Devontae Smith is great. Um, if we can't get it done, then it's, it's, it's a Jalen thing. And then I, I really think if that's the case, we're going to be like the Bucks a couple years ago and go get a damn quarterback and go win a Super Bowl next. So I, I feel in the next three years we have a good shot because we built a nucleus now. All we, know, all we need to know now is who's going to be our quarterback. So if Brett, if, uh, not Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers gets pissed off again, I'll take him. I'll take him for a year at 40 years old. Hell yeah, I'll take Aaron Rodgers for a year or two. Uh, whatever other veteran quarterback becomes available, if Jalen Hurts is not the guy, we are built now to be successful and do to make some noise. So I'm happy as of right now with the second easiest schedule, um, five primetime games. I'm loving it, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm flying right now. Howie Roseman with the master class. I, I got to give it to him for sure. For sure. Yeah, man. Um, I think we're, I think we're realists with our teams. That's why we made this podcast. I'm, you know, I'm happy with the draft. I'm no, no complaints, but Looking at that schedule, I give us at max five wins. That's, that's I, say six. I say six. I say it's, six. It's, I I it's it's too tough to call when everything is too new. You like, know the the second half of your schedule. I mean, the you, there's a couple winnable games in that first in that first part, but then y'all got oh, you, you beat the Rams, which is how yeah how you the Rams. Like anything is possible. Any given Sunday, I say it every time. That's why I give y'all six. Which would be what? How many? How many did y'all win last year? Four. That's a two-game improvement. Steady. You know, that's what we talk about. Steady. We just got to get steady. Oh, steady. <laughs> bro, I didn't say we're going to the Super Bowl. Instead, we make the play. Bro, I went to steady. the gym. I went to the gym on Saturday. Okay, and I wore my the green Jets jersey, uh, shirt that they wear on the sidelines, the Nike one, whatever the workout one. And yeah. I'm working on the guy. Dry fit. He had a, a huh? Yeah, dry fit one. And um guy had a Jets hat on he had the New York Titans hat on he comes up to me he's like he's like shit a Jets fan man he's like we had a great draft I was like yeah man it was it was insane I haven't seen anything like that in a long time from this team he's like yeah man he said we're gonna be good next year I was like I don't know about that man let's not let's pump the brakes there he's like nah bro we're going we're going we're making playoffs next year I gave him the deadest stare I gave him the deadest stare and I'm gonna say keep that same energy my man you know where you screwed up at you should have uh, said, give me your phone and then put the fair with the podcast in there so that he could become a, a subscriber and a listener. Oh, no, he subscribed to it already. I, 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 yeah, yeah. I said, I said, hey, we need to make some shirts. So I'm going to start wearing that to the gym so I could, you know, y'all come at me for my sport. I want somebody to approach me about this, about the Eagles or something. I wear Eagle socks all the time. <laughs> oh, man. No, but I, I talked to him. I was like, dude, keep that same energy all year. I'm going to need that. Um, but no, I see five, six ones would be great. It's anything can happen. Somebody could get hurt. Anything. And yeah. We beat the Titans. We beat the Titans too. Y'all, so. y'all. Oh, and can we? All right, because we haven't really gotten into it. We're. I'm. I know. I'm completely switching gears. I looked at your week two opponent, and it's Cleveland, right? Who the hell is going to be playing quarterback week two for Cleveland? If you had to put money on it right now, who is playing quarterback week two for the Cleveland Browns? 
It ain't Baker Mayfield. Is it going to be Deshaun Watson? Because he might. We don't know what the hell's going on with that. No, he's. They said his case can go up. That case can go up until next summer, and has twenty two to settle. He's not trying to settle. So who's going to be playing court? Like they just met with him uh, the other day. So whoever that backup is, whoever that backup is, is going to be playing. It was a Josh Dobbs or something like that, or no, Jacoby Brissett. I think. Yeah. So I mean, do you where do you think Baker's going to end up then? And do you you don't think it's possible to mend those, mend those fences in Cleveland no more? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I think Baker's out the league for a year, or no, they won't leave. They won't keep Baker out the league. Nah, hell no. I think because Cleveland will cut him, and then the, the Panthers or Seattle will pick him up with the quickness. But if they I, don't I, cut I, him, I, then he's just going to be. That could be the only two places, unless Seattle sticks to their guns. And unless Carolina sticks to their gun, I think Washington go get him. <laughs> Carson Wentz ain't it, <laughs> but he could become like a you know a, a nice, really good backup for a year, and get you know how Teddy Bridgewater like had to reprove himself countless times. He might just end up having a Teddy Bridgewater career where he's your number two until you need him to be your number one, and he'll be a number one for eight weeks, and you do pretty well, but he can't do enough to get you over that top. But he's still, I mean. He's had some flashes. He looks like he can be good. It's just, I don't know, man. He 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 he's the Phoenix Suns. He's the, exactly. He's the pumps too much Sun. shit for somebody who hasn't accomplished shit. More more TV ads than he has wins, bro. Yeah, he's the Phoenix. Sun. He's State Farm. Yeah, think about it. Chris Paul got all those State Farm commercials. He got all the uh, progressive commercials. That's 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 probably the greatest Stephen A. quote I ever heard. I pissed my pants laughing when I heard him say that on national TV. So, but it's the truth. It is. It's the truth. It's, it's, a flat, it's a flat truth. Yeah. So I don't know. Looking at this uh, schedule, though, like tough. Buff, it's it's tough, man. Buffalo's tough. got a tough schedule too, but they can easily run through those guys as well. Buffalo's Who do you think is going to have the most, the biggest jump from like last year to this year? As far as like, wow, they look way better than they did last year. Indy. Indy. And he didn't make the playoffs. They're gonna make the playoffs. But that's that's not a they 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 won nine games still or eight Doesn't games. They, I think I, they might win the same amount of games. I think they'll win twelve games this year, man. I think they went and got the necessary pieces, man. Well, what's their strength of schedule? I don't. Oh, they got oh they got the third easiest strength of schedule. Oh, oh shit, Maddie Ice is about to go crazy. <laughs> Maddie Ice is just waiting to do good. Maddie Ice is about to go crazy. And Julio Jones still a free agent, man. I have a feeling he's gonna end up like in Tampa or some shit. I, I got that feeling too. I have a very because the way you're getting old, that, that sun hit different on, on your limbs and your body. Cause that cold hurts. When you're old and your joints hurt, that cold hurts even more. But if he does, if he's not a ram or a charger, he's gonna be a or a raider, he's gonna be a buck or a dolphin. <laughs> mm, it's indoors, so I don't know. I feel like I feel like Cleveland is, or I mean Cleveland, Indi- Indianapolis is going to be take a big jump, double digit wins. Bucks got an easy schedule too. The Bucks do? No, they don't. Sure. Oh, they don't. No, oh, there's. They said it's seventh, the seventh easiest schedule, but it's only the seventh easiest schedule because I think they got Tom Brady. Because I looked at the schedule last when they when they came out, and that I was, was like, if this was Kyle Trask, that'd be tough. Their their first four games are tough. Yeah, Dallas. Cowboys, Saints, Packers, Chiefs. Yeah, that's and, tough. And then Ravens and Panthers. 
Ravens are going to be good next year. Seahawks will be easy. Rams, they got to play the Rams again. Browns, that might be where Deshaun Watson is back. Uh, Saints, they obviously struggle with them. 49ers, who the hell is going to be playing quarterback for them next year? But we're going to see. And then the defending AFC champion Bengals, the Cardinals with DeAndre Hopkins back. I don't know. It's tough. It, I, I see seventh ranked schedule, uh, ranked schedule, but it's tough to me personally. Yeah, I never hold Especially my, with Tom Brady doing movies and shit now. <laughs> I never I never hold my breath with the NFL because anything can happen. Like I said, we, 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 we beat the Rams. Come on. Like, that's not supposed to happen. And then they win the Super Bowl. Any given Sunday. Like, what's it, like Jamie Foxx. <laughs> that's the way to do it. All right. So since we're talking about Tom Brady, let's wrap up the show. This man is about to go on a, or have a, have a TV show where they're going to roast his ass. Comedians, celebrities, Teddy Bruschi. They try to get Teddy Bruschi to do his greatest Tom Brady impression day on ESPN, but he wouldn't crack. Um, so KK and I put together a list of players that we think would benefit from having a roast of celebrities do all that for them. I'm just going off the top ahead of a few guys I think would you be. Go ahead. Charles Barkley got to be first. Has he, he, he hasn't had a roast yet? I don't think so. He just gets roasted continually. He looks like somebody who has had to have had a roast at some point. He would have to, but I feel like, like, I don't know why TNT just hasn't done it yet, but they need to give him his own roast. They've never roasted. Like, he's never had an official roast, but you can go on YouTube and find 30 minutes of video of him being roasted by players. (laughs) By players. (laughs) He would be a great one. Yeah. I feel like Shaq, if Shaq hasn't had one already, I think he would be a great one. I think Shaq has been on one or had one. Shaq has been on one, I'm pretty sure. Shaq is funny, but Shaq would be another one to be beneficial from that because he's just a big kid. He has, uh, he does like a, uh, no, I don't think he's had a specific roast, but he had a all-star comedy roast that he did, that he directed or whatever, but he's never been roasted. That's crazy to me. I know. That's That's crazy. He roasted, oh, he he was on a roast for Justin Bieber. That's the one he's on, yeah. Grander (laughs) shit. Why? Why? You never watched him play basketball in his life, probably, man. You know who'd be funny on a roast? Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin. That's what I was going to say. He needs to retire, bro. Like, he needs to get into this comedy shit. Like, it's, it's over. Like, He's better right now in Hollywood than he, he you know what Blake Griffin can end up being? John Sally. <laughs> I think John Sally has had such an amazing overall career in his life. Cause you for people look at him, either you know him as a basketball player or you know him as a hot the Hollywood guy. And he's accomplished both pretty well. He has four NBA championships with the Bad Boy Pistons, with Michael Jordan, and with Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. It's crazy. Very well decorated. And then we'll always remember him in Bad Boys as the guy. The the guy in Bad Boys. The guy in Bad Boys. I had Dennis Rodman. That would be crazy. Dennis Rodman be a good one. Conor McGregor. I want want to see him get roasted because he talks too much shit. But at least he's backed it up to to an extent. But I need somebody to talk. I need somebody to like give it to him, like for real, give it to him. <laughs> KD would be a good one too, man. I feel like KD would. I don't be know. KD, KD would not not get real. Nah, KD is not gonna sit there and have people roast him. Hell no. But uh-huh. I would love to see KD roast him back. That, that, that's that what I want would, exactly. That part would be funny. Him roasting them all back. <laughs> and I would want to see that, like KD and Draymond just going back. I and have forth. Draymond on my list. I said I want to see Draymond get roasted. He will roast him back. And then I put like for baseball, I think I put um Adrian Beltre because I always thought he was really, really funny. 
and people would just like touch his head and he'd go insane about how nuts he was about his hair. So I think people just have a good time roasting him and he always had like a really good sense of humor. So Manny Ramirez. <laughs> Manny Ramirez, Manny being Manny would be a good one. Manny Ramirez. would be a good one. I had Chad Johnson for football as well. Oh, Chad Johnson. Chad Johnson. That's a he could make a legit TV series for real of celebrity roast or whatever. He would be perfect for that. <laughs> I roasted Chad Johnson and he roasted me back, man. So like I know he can take it. He's a I good love, dude, man. I love Chad. That's my guy. <laughs> good dude, man. Um, that's all I got on my list, though. Yeah, that's so. all I got. Dennis Rodman. Oh, I'll put Patrick Beverly too, because he's he came to mind first. But his wouldn't be there wouldn't be that many celebrities to talk shit about him. They don't, nobody know who Patrick Beverly is like that. <laughs> I mean, he's known a little bit, but he ain't know. If you ask uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, I don't even know who she is. <laughs> but if you ask Jennifer Love Hewitt, Hewitt who uh, who Conor McGregor is, she'll say, "Oh, I know him." If you ask him, you know who Dennis Rodman is, yeah, I know him. Patrick Beverly, who <laughs> who's that? So. Yeah, if you ask my yeah, if you ask my girl, she does she doesn't know basketball like that. If you ask her who any of these people are, except for Patrick Beverly, she'll know them all. So for sure. <laughs> Chuck's yelling, uh, let's go Mavs in front of all the Warriors fans. Oh, you <laughs> there? Thinking those phrases yesterday. If if they did one on Pat Bev, um, I feel like Chris Paul would have to be the MC. Nah, nah, because it might get <laughs> it might get personal. But Chris and him, it might get too personal. So, no, not yet. We got to mend those fences in a couple years. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, that's the show. Much appreciation to listening. Um, You can find us on Twitter at fair underscore weather pod, um, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Just search the fair weather podcast. And wherever you subscribe or listen to podcasts, you can find the audio there. We did not touch on the lottery. Oh, Orlando. Hey, Orlando is going for another number one pick. Uh, I, hey, they got to go get Jabari Smith. They need to Everybody go get Jabari saying, Smith. Everybody's saying Chet Holgram because because of Jalen. Why? Sutton. He can't, bruh. He gonna get this. He dog. He got exposed by college kids. <laughs> you and I get it. You and I get it. My friends are like, get Chet because he fits the mold of this NBA. No, 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 please. Go get Jabari Smith, please. please With all please. due respect. Oh, he would be, Chet Homer would be great in OKC. You know, skinny white kid in Oklahoma. That makes a lot more sense. Jabari Smith can go bring Disney World back. Please. They, they, they no, no. Chet Homer needs to go to OKC. That's what needs to happen. Um, I say, I say Paolo. I think that's the clear cut guy for me, but Jabari Smith. He's an animal. The too. problem about Paulo, I think his ceiling is Tobias Harris. I think that's his ceiling. Oh man, I think better. I think that's I his think ceiling. <laughs> I don't I think, think he's gonna be better. like that in the NBA. I just he's gonna be good. He's gonna he gonna he gonna make maybe one all-star team because he's he plays for like a bad Sacramento Kings or something like that. But uh I'm not really I'm not really gonna hold about him. I think Jabari Smith has the most upside. I think uh how, what we're seeing Josh, Josh Jackson become, what DeAndre Ayton is, what uh, John Collins is in Atlanta, Jabari Smith is cut like that to me. You know, he can, like Bam Adebayo, he can become that kind of a player, uh, and especially in Orlando, a small market. They need to they need to make a splash. Shell Hunger is not a splash. <laughs> they need to make a splash. because Orlando is good for a splash every decade. They had the Shaquille O'Neal splash. They had the Dwight Howard splash. 
So who's the next splash? It has to be a Jamari Smith to me. To me. That's got, how the cookie no crumbles in Orlando. I got no dog on that fight. Who, what, 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 what's the Knicks pick? 11th. Who cares? That's why I put that little clip of the S in the back for shit. <laughs> Just the S, not the whole Nick. <laughs> so bad. 11th pick. I was watching on Twitter all day, all the hopefuls being like, today's lottery day. Oh, God. It was like a guy, was like a guy cleaning his gun. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Jesus, they're not gonna, they had like a two percent chance to get one. Oh, y'all about to be stuck in, y'all gonna be like the six, y'all gonna have to eventually go uh, trust the process because y'all about to be stuck in basketball purgatory where y'all gonna be good enough, just good enough to be an eight seed, but that's it. Unless y'all go get Donovan Mitchell and he won't even get you that far because Donovan Mitchell can't even get out the first round in the West. <laughs> so what makes it gonna be any easier? I don't know. Change of scenery. I think it'll be good for him. Yeah, be, be, he'll be home, but now he has to get everybody tickets. He's going to be distracted. Yeah, I got you. I got no. your tickets. Yeah, I got you. I got your tickets. Okay. I think I it'll think, be okay. I think with Utah, at least he got Dwayne Wade as a uh, part owner of the team. Dwayne Wade can can, can coach him. Well, Mentor. yeah, coach him. Honestly, he needs to coach him. <laughs> That's what he needs to do. But we're going to see. Philly ain't got nothing, nothing going for him, so. <laughs> yeah. Yankees keep winning. I'm a happy man there. Hey, shout out to y'all team. Y'all, 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 y'all some scary shit right now. <laughs> still, in, still in single digit losses, my man. Hey, but we, hey, we did pretty well against the Dodgers over the weekend. I was like, I was pretty impressed with that, except for Sunday where uh, we let them come back. But uh, I'm not, you know, we're, we're playing exactly how I thought we were playing. <laughs> Inconsistent. <laughs> well, you want to know something funny? Your frat brother, my friend, Christian Bermudez, is obviously an athletic trainer for the Phillies. Correct. Um, you do know he used to obviously uh, be on the, the Astros training staff. Yes, correct. They have um, a pitcher. I think his name is Christian Bermudez now. Oh, really? <laughs> the Astros? Like, yeah, I was like, you got to be shitting me. I was like, That's what is funny. <laughs> Yeah, but shout out to the Phillies and shout out to Christian Bermudez because we look healthy this year. <laughs> we look healthier this year. So clearly he's doing something right. <laughs> Any more knowledge to drop? Honestly, man, I really got nothing to drop today, man. I think I dropped enough knowledge. I listened to, uh, to Kyrie Irving earlier today, so I'm, I'm in a different place mentally of wisdom and intellectual. <laughs> and, oh, I also watched it. Oh, here's my knowledge that I dropped today. You know, the, the, the government or whatever talking about, like, aliens and shit, and they're, they're finally being open about it. Look, man, they're they here already, all right? So don't be, don't be shocked. I think they're preparing us mentally for these aliens and stuff. I watched a, a video on YouTube for 30 minutes. This is the stuff I do during my day. I watched a video on YouTube earlier today about alien sightings and UFOs. I'm a little scared, a little weirded out. But guys, just make sure y'all, uh, you know, treat everybody nice because you don't know that person's an alien. Just treat everybody right. Be kind. <laughs> Be kind. Watch, watch Men in Black and prepare yourselves, man. Don't watch Men in Black. No, no, no. Go watch... Uh, go watch... Uh, Watch American Men in Black Dad. One. Well, watch Men in Black watch American Dad and uh, with Roger. He'll teach you how to how to treat aliens. <laughs> Roger is a, too much. Anyway, so <laughs> peace it out, man. Adios.